Well, stay standing, please. And um, I'll let you sit down in just a moment. This is a little bit different. Today, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to share the word, but we're also going to share some very tangible, practical, important things about where we are and where we're going. How many excited about God and what he's doing in our church? And how many really do believe the best is still yet to come? I felt the Holy Spirit come on me. The best is still yet to come. Two weeks ago, God said, enlarge my territory. It's what we asked him, and we felt God say he was going to enlarge our territory. So today we've come to talk about that enlarging, and we've come to talk about what God is doing. And I'm going to start with Habakkuk 2, and we're on Vision Sunday. Everybody say Vision Sunday. Habakkuk, in Habakkuk chapter 2, had been asking God for a revelation concerning future things. He wanted to know two things. Number one, he wanted to know about the destination and the outcome of the enemies of God's people, the wicked who were coming against the people of God. He kept asking for God to give him a word about the future regarding the enemies. And then he was asking for a word about the future of God's people. And God told him something that day. He said, I want you to catch this revelation, this vision. This is Habakkuk chapter 2. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that they who run may be able to read it. For the vision that I'm going to give you, Habakkuk, is yet for an appointed time. But in the end, somebody say in the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though the vision tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Now, it sounds like he said it was going to tarry. But in the end, he said it will not tarry. What does that mean? It means there's a, there's a point in time when it seems like all you do is wait. But there comes a moment where the wait evaporates. And you're not tarrying anymore. And what you declared is actually coming to pass. And... If you learn how to praise him in the wait, the wait won't feel like it lasts so long. How many learn how to worship in the wait? Jesus. But the key for me today in this text, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, write the vision down, make it plain, so that they who run can read it. Now, I know there are... There are semantic theologians among us today. We're glad you're here and we're not intimidated. We're thankful you're here, in fact. I know this text is about end time things, but there is something potent that we should extract from this, this text and how to treat prophetic revelation and prophetic vision. We should write it down and make it plain. Why? The writer tells us, so that those who run don't have to slow down to find out what God is saying. And how many know in church sometimes we just get up and have good church services, but if we don't know where we're going, you got to slow down to find your place. you got to slow down to find out what God is doing. I don't think we're in a season of slowdown. I believe we're in a season of acceleration. And because of that, it requires great clarity and communication on our part. So every now and then you got to have these kind of Sundays where I don't get up and holler and sweat and preach. 
But I get up and cast vision with my, my baby, and we just start talking about what God has been saying. So I'm going to pray for you today, and we're going to talk about vision on Vision Sunday. Lord, Devin and I have prayed for a grace to be extended to this place, over this place, and in these people. These are your people, the sheep of your pasture. We're thankful, God, and honored to lead their lives in pursuit of the things of God. And I pray today, God, you would capture our hearts with what has captured your heart. You would speak to us, Lord God, and we would say what is on your heart and mind. Lead us in the way of everlasting life. Order my steps in your word, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I want to start today, you can be seated. Look at your neighbor on your way down say, neighbor, you look 11 pounds lighter today than you did last Sunday. Come on and receive that blessing, amen? That blessed somebody over there. I, I want to I take a moment to make a really big deal out of the goodness of God. Before I start talking about the future, I, I think we need to stop and thank God for what he's done in the last two years. We haven't done this yet. We, we made a significant transition um, in 2017. And um, you don't hear me say much about it. I don't talk about that a whole lot because it's a past season and I've learned how to walk on in the grace of God. I will tell you that that transition was one of the hardest transitions of my life. And it was one of the hardest transitions of our church to leave a, a, a very strong denomination and to move in the direction that we moved was a very big deal. I want to say two things, and then I want to celebrate the goodness of God. I want us all to keep our hearts pure before the Lord regarding the transition we made. And I know most of us have. I ran into a precious couple this past week. I have not seen them since the transition was made. And they did not make the transition with us. I'll just be really honest with you. They stayed in Utawa, and I was, I was glad to see them. And I walked up to them, I told them, I said, if anything that I did in my attempt to follow God ever hurt or offended you, I want you to know I, I ask your forgiveness because I just want to follow God. I want to obey the Lord, and at the end of the day, I want to walk in obedience to what God is saying. It moved their heart, and it freed my heart to know that I can follow God, try to do my best to obey God, and anyone who doesn't understand what we did, we understand that they don't understand. Our goal is not to fix everybody's thinking. It's to love everybody and follow Jesus. And that's why we're getting ready to celebrate what I'm getting ready to show you. Because if you keep your heart as pure as you can and walk in a right spirit and you don't have resentment and ought in your heart and you don't walk in arrogance or pride, but you walk in honor and humility, Jesus can really bless your life. And this is why we want to celebrate today because in 2018, look at this, somebody say the goodness of God. So in, in 2018, in our records, we baptized 64 people. 164 new members, 156 new members were added to the church. And in the altars of this church in 2018, 228 people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. I think we ought to really celebrate the goodness of God. Then, then in 2019, 
we baptized. This is year to date. So how many know we got some time left, right? Come on, somebody say year of increase. Look at the increase here. We baptized almost double already. 110 have been baptized this year. 197 people have been added to the church. And 314 have given their hearts to Jesus in the altars of this church this year. Abba, we give you thanks. Abba, we give you thanks. Beyond just the altars and in-house goodness of God that we've seen, I wanted to brag on Jesus and tell you that outside the church, in the share ministry of our church, we have seen 67 baptized outside the building. That's at prisons. Y'all. It's been crazy on the streets to see 67 people baptized. Over 600 people have given their heart to Jesus outside the altar. This is this year. This year. We have seen over 1,950 students and faculty from local schools receive ministry from this church this year. Come on, somebody. Pastor Gary and the share team. If you're part of the share team, lift your hand. Anyone part of the share team? This amazing group of people, and it's growing. Come on, let's give God thanks for them. Over 4,100 people have heard the gospel this year because of the share outreach of this church. Somebody help me praise God for that. Thank you, Lord. We have given food to over 750 families, and they told me this. Listen, that means we've given away 65,000 pounds of food this year alone to families in need. Somebody help me give God praise for that. That doesn't include, that doesn't include all of the clothing, all of the help that we've helped people to have. We have seen an amazing outpouring of share grace on this house as we have committed to not only winning the lost in this house, but winning the lost in our city and our region. So one more time, can you help me celebrate the goodness of God over these last two years, the faithfulness of our God to bless this church? Thank you, Father. So I wanted to um, show you some things about the goodness of God, and then I wanted to to not only start by talking about the goodness of God, but I wanted to start about talking uh, about community today. Everyone say community. community. Now, community and family is a very important component of this house. How many have ever heard me talk about family while I'm preaching? How many have ever heard you call me call you guys family? Anybody ever heard that before? Yeah, you hear me say that a lot, and it's intentional because I want us to see each other as family. That, that's one reason why. Um, I guess as pastors, this, this is not something that is like organizational and Fortune 500 to us. This is like the people of God, the family of God, the, the, the ecclesia, the, the people of God. When I was growing up, mom and dad are here today. When I was growing up, we called each other brother and sister in the church. Now, I know that that's a little bit hokey now. Me, you know, my, you might feel weird if I walked up and said, you know, sister yay yay or brother flip flop or whatever your name is. I know that might feel a little bit weird, but the reality of it is I do miss that sometime in church because now church has become almost corporate. And nobody feels like there's a place for them at the table. And if there's ever a time hearts need to be gathered around the table of Abba, 
It is now. So you're going to hear us, and you've heard us talk about family. You're going to hear us talk about community. And I want you to know that it is a challenge in a church this size to keep people connected. On any given month, 1,900 different people come through this place. 2,000 people come through this place in a given month. Now, we don't see 2,000 people every single week, but we see 2,000 people every single month, different people who come through the doors. That's a lot of people. How many know that's a lot of people? And in a church that big, it's, imp it's Im impossible to make friends on a Sunday morning like this. It's impossible to make family. Uh, people get connected on a Sunday morning like this. So when you have a church this size, it's easy to come in the back door, in the front door, and go right out the back, and nobody ever know you're there. And I want you to know nobody feels that more than Devin and I. Pastor Omari, wherever she's at, she will tell you, I will text her at like 11 o'clock at night sometimes and be like, I haven't seen so-and-so in three weeks. She's like, I'll check on that for you. The reality of it is we do have a heart to make sure everybody's connected, but it's impossible for one person to know everybody. So it's, it's essential that we build this community thing so that people not only feel connected when they come to church, but they know how to get plugged in and be a part of the family. And I want you to know we take this very seriously. We, we don't just assume that because we have a great service, you're connected, okay? Because listen to me very carefully. There are some things that you get attracted to, but you can leave. But if you ever get connected to something, it's harder to leave. So you can be attracted to this place for a myriad of reasons, but what you get connected to is what will keep you here. And we want you to get connected. Look at somebody tell them, connected. So let me talk about what's already going on before I talk about what we're going to do in the future, okay? So number one, what's already going on? Well, what's already going on in the community, if you'll go to that slide, please, is Sunday school. Everybody say Sunday school. I want to take a minute to plug Sunday school because it's, a, it's a, not a huge group, but it is a very faithful group. Every Sunday morning at 930 in our RSM building, baby, please jump in anytime you want to say something. Nine, sorry, I said 930. Um, 9 a.m., which is why some of y'all don't come because it's 9 a.m. You say, if it was 9.30, I'd have been there. Well, we got coffee and donuts and stuff. Come on, right? Hot, crispy cream. Look at somebody tell them yes. Sunday school is already going on at 9 a.m. every Sunday morning. Talk about, about the classes that we have available for Sunday school. Would you help yeah. me with that? In a microphone. Kimmy, where are you at? Kim, are you here? She's translating today. Oh, Kim. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to do it for her. Go ahead. Yes, we have various age divisions so that the whole family can be served for Sunday school. In fact, if you're a Sunday school teacher or a Sunday school assistant, would you stand up, please? Where's my faithful Sunday school? I'll stand up. Come on, let's give Yay. all them a hand. So from children all the way up um, to the most seasoned of our couples. Um, it's by age division, but we're all studying the same chapters of the Bible um, at a different level. So our students might do it a little differently um, than our more seasoned adults. And you can come as a couple. Um, even our college students have their own class. I know it's early for you. Um, but it's a great time to find people, connect in community, and actually just study the Word verse by verse and find revelation from the Spirit. So that happens Sunday morning at 9 a.m., and it's already going on, and it is for kids, 
moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, everybody. Something's going on for you. And we have a Spanish-speaking class for Sunday school as well. Come on, come on, all of my Latino families. Come on, give God praise. In Espanol, glory a Dios. Hallelujah. Dios le bendiga. Dios es muero todo tiempo. Hallelujah. That's everything I know right there. Como estas bien y tu gracias de nada. I know how to say it. Glory to God. They're teaching me the rest. Okay. So Sunday school is already going on. Wednesday night. Everyone say Wednesday night. Now the first Wednesday night of every month is a time of saw service. Signs and wonders. We pray for the sick. We just have a move of God. Everybody comes together. Youth, ch children, mom. Uh, actually children have... They're in here on Saul night, the first Wednesday night of every month, Saul night. We have a prayer service, a miracle service. We pray and believe for signs and wonders. How many were at this past Saul service? It was glorious, man. Powerful time. I want everyone to know that that happens the first Wednesday night of every month, and I want you to be a part of that for you and your family if you can. Some of us are not in the rhythm or routine of having a 7 o'clock service in our midweek life. I'm asking you to make that a priority. I know it is a tremendous sacrifice, but you can do it. And I'm not just saying that in some coaching way. I'm saying that I'm imploring you. I believe God is doing something on Wednesday night that all of our families, if we'll connect to, will bless the family. I believe there's a grace being released. There's powerful preaching. I do not preach every Wednesday night. I cannot preach every Wednesday night. But we have a marvelous crew of pastors and a teaching team who share the pulpit with me on Wednesday night. And how many, how many were here this last Wednesday night when Pastor Wamari brought the word? Guys, it's not, like, it's not like leftover service. You need to get here on Wednesday night. It is glorious. And I want you to avail yourself. On every other Wednesday night, minus the first Wednesday, we have children's ministry going on, youth ministry going on in our RSM, our KSM building, and then in this room, the adults. Now, the whole campus is full of life during that Wednesday night service. We got moms dropping kids off at the uh, RKSM building, the RSM building. We got moms and dads coming in here. It is, it is stretched out. I get it. It's not all in one building. But it's just part of the journey, and I need you to help me make that adjustment if you would and just be a part of it because I want us to continue to grow together, and stuff is happening on Wednesday night that if you miss it, it could slow down the momentum of what God's doing among the family. Amen? So look at somebody and say, be a part if you can. Be a part. All right? Now, not only do we have Sunday school on Wednesday night, we have various Bible studies going on. Deacon Farmer, would you stand up? Uh, Vicki Henderson, would you stand up? Jan, would you stand up? Um, these are, these are gender-related Bible studies on Tuesday night at 6.30 in the RSM building right behind us. The sisters do, uh, they do uh, uh, like subject uh, Bible studies. The brothers will do subject Bible studies. Torrance and his team teach that. If you want to be a part of a, of a smaller Bible study breakout, there's probably, I don't know, 15 to 20 men, 15 to 20 ladies, sometimes more. Make it a part of your schedule. If Wednesday night doesn't feel like it works, put your... Put it on your calendar Tuesday nights at 6.30 and be a part of that. It's an incredible place to plug in, meet new people, and learn the Word of God together. Then we have something once every about six weeks called Come to the Table. All right? Everybody say, Come to the Table. What is Come to the Table? Come to the Table is a night where we take our gymnasium, we put up a bunch of tables and chairs, and we literally, our leadership, salt leadership, 
elders and deacons, if you're an elder or a deacon, would you please stand? Salt leadership team, all salt leadership, would you stand? Yeah. Thank you. These men and women of God help us to host tables. They actually bring their, their dining room chinette stuff and whatever, and they, they host a table, and they welcome you to come to the table. We all bring some sort of finger food, put it on a long strip of tables, and we just walk through the line, and we get food, and we sit down at a table with people we know and sometimes we don't know, and we meet new friends. You say, why would we do this? It's called fellowship. And I love breaking bread together with brothers and sisters in Christ. How many believe it's important just sometimes to get to know one another? Right? So this happens, and we advertise it once about every six weeks. Is that right, Maury? So once about every six weeks in the gymnasium right behind us on our campus, we have everybody say, come to the table. So these are a number of ways that we already have implemented and executed uh, fellowship, community, discipleship in an attempt to help the body grow and be cohesive. This is how we can keep growing and still stay tight. I do not want you to come to this church and feel like the only time you're known is on Sunday morning and that you're just sitting in a big room with a bunch of people and nobody knows who you are. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this today because we want to combat that. But we want to take the issue of community a step further. And we want to take this whole thing about building community to a concept that we used to do called house to house. And we're going to change the name because we really felt like God gave us something. But in the book of Acts, the second chapter, the 46th verse, Acts 2, 46. Um, go to that next slide if you would, guys. Acts 2, 46 through 47, and they continuing, say continuing. Daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Here's the deal. They not only met in temples, they not only met in church buildings, they met in houses. And they did this for the purpose of, of, of several things. Number one, to create a deeper fellowship. Number two, to create a deeper and stronger community. And I want you to know that, that we began praying on this, asking God for, for a strategy on how to do this in a way that would help our church reach those who are in regions that are not close to downtown Chattanooga. Um, can you put that next slide up? Is that the one I think it is that has the population? I want you to look at this. See all those green dots? Hundreds and hundreds of green dots. Do you know what each green dot represents? A family, not a person, a family. That's hundreds of green dots, and I want you to see that the green dots that comprise this house of worship stretch as far north as Athens and as far south as Chatsworth, Georgia. That's a long stretch between the two. How many would agree with that? And you've, you've got this one place right now called Redemption to the Nation's Church that is the hub of everything going on, and you have these houses scattered all over the place. And we come to these places on Sun we come to this place on Sunday from all of our different places, but then you have these people who drive enormous amounts of distance to get here, right? And we wanted to create an opportunity of fellowship and strengthening community throughout the week or the month. So we started this pilot program called House to House. 
house fires. And the reason we call it house fires is because we want to take the fire of God's spirit that is burning here and we want to transmit it to places throughout these regions, homes throughout these regions, your homes, my homes, home, not homes, where people can come and can fellowship and build community with one another. Where people can get to know one another, where it can happen, where, 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 where organically people can make new relationships, build new friendships. And so what we want to launch in January of this year is a ministry called House Fires. At this point, we anticipate it happening every month unless someone wants to happen bi-monthly. One of the groups that currently launched and piloted House Fires, which is our forgers. Where are all my forgers at? I love that group, right? So that's our young adults, right? For the last several months, now they do theirs every single week, they rotate homes. And they go to different places, and here's what they do. They fellowship, they play games, they just do life together for about 45 minutes. They have a devotion, and then they have a time of prayer. And sometimes they'll have a song of worship. I've been in one of the house fires where the power of God fell and people started getting ministered to. I've been in other house fires where they just did the devotion, they prayed, and they went back and ate and had a great time of fellowship together. Here's the thing. What we want to do is facilitate an opportunity for people not only to get to know people here, but to get to know people in regions where you already live. Okay? So here's what's going to happen. Over the next several months, Pastor Wamari and the team are going to develop house fire hosts and house fire co-hosts. And we're developing an, a, a, an interface on our website where families who are members of our church can be notified of house fire locations in their region. If you're a member of our church, we will notify you when you let us know you want to, and all this, we'll, we'll show you this when the time comes in December as we approach January. We will show you where the house fires will be, give you the way to get there, and we will make sure every house fire has a limited number of people so that a thousand people don't show up to your house on a house fire night. And it will be by, it will be by invitation, it will be by direction. We'll make sure that, that it's done decently and in order. But we want to give families who have a heart to host folk in their home to build community, and some of you have the space to do it. You have a place that could host 20 people. You have a space that could hold 25, 30 people. So if, if, if this is not for you, we understand. Not everybody wants to go deeper. Not everyone wants to get stronger in community, and we understand that. If you just want to be a Sunday morning church person, we bless you in doing that. But our heart as shepherds are to make sure there are opportunities of connection and facilitation. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you or your family want to host or co-host a house fire, I want you to take this number on the screen and text right now. I want you to pull your phone out. So I want you, everybody to get their, their smartphone out. This is going to be a little different this morning. We're going to use technology for our benefit. But I want you to text the word FIRE to 423-200-4933 if you want to be a host or a co-host. And you would like to use your home or your property in one of those regions where families could come, a limited, obviously limited number, and what will happen when we cap out a house fire? We'll start another house fire. 
So if there's one house fire in Cleveland and it gets full, we're not going to keep expecting you to do that. We're going to multiply and create another house fire. And when someone from Cleveland wants to find a place to go to a house fire, there won't just be one to sign up in. There would be two to be able to go up to. Okay? So I know this is different, and I know this is all technical stuff, but how many believe it's important for the growth of the church? And so I, I, I'm feeling everybody in the room. My feelings are, huh? I, I'm seeing who's texting, right? The Lord's got a gift for you. Amen? Um, I'm kidding. And if you and your family want to talk about it, you can write that word down, fire, and text it to 423-200-4933 later today if you want to host a house fire or co-host. That means you want to join someone that's hosting one and support them in hosting a house fire. We will do the training. We will give you tons of information. Make sure you're equipped and ready for this launch. But at the end of the day, the heart of this launch would be to increase the, the fellowship and the community of our church and strengthen the heart of our people. If you receive that, say amen. Devin just text fire to that number. So we're going to be hosting a house fire. Amen. How many know that's what it's all about? Okay. So um, how many receive that about house fires? How many can receive that? Can you help me praise God for that? Okay. Let's go to the next slide. Sons and daughters. How many believe that the greatest investment we can make as a church is in the next generation? If we don't make the investment into the next generation, we won't see them in our churches. I firmly believe with all my heart one reason they have no problem finding their identity in the world is because the world is not afraid to invest in them. And I don't want us to be afraid to invest in them, to invest in them either. So something wonderful happened in 2018, and I want to give you a significant update regarding that today. In 2018, we launched the Forward Campaign. How many remember that? The Forward Campaign. How many were a part of that? Say amen. Amen. Let us celebrate the goodness of God that we raised $757,607 toward our forward campaign building of our youth sanctuary. Let's celebrate that. Come on. Now, I want to give you an update. We didn't just spend $757,000. We've actually invested in the building itself $778,799.82 in the renovation of that building. And here's what we've done with that. We have completed all mechanical drawings. We have completed all demolition. We have replaced the roof. We have installed a portion of HVAC. We have run much of the electrical system. We have installed the studs and the rooms have been set. We have installed the new hood system. We have repaired the drainage, the pipes, and much of the plumbing in that building. All of that has already been done in the youth building. Let's all thank God for that progress. Come on. That's a lot of work. But I wanted to let you know that we made a pause in the fundraising and the communication of Ford campaign, and here is why. Our initial plan was to first renovate our student center for youth. All my firebrand in the room, holler at me, come on. Yep. So we, we've invested this money and our first, uh, uh, our initial plan was to first renovate our student center for firebrand youth only. And once that project was complete, our next project would have been to build a separate space for our overcrowded children's department. 
This would have been a separate campaign in the future, three to five years down the road, and would have been a significant cost to our church body. And someone would say, why would we need a children's building? Because if you've ever walked through these two areas back here on a Sunday, you are declaring with us that the God of more than enough is going to come through because, come on, we got some two-year-old rooms that, that have experienced the blessing of Obadiah's house or something. It's, it's unbelievable back there. Almost every week, my girl Judah tells me, Daddy, we have a lot of two-year-olds in the toddler department, right? And so I want you to know that we recognize our children's space is very, very limited, but our church continues to grow. And because the church continues to grow by the grace of God, and yet our space is very limited, we, have, we had sort of some decisions to make about what we would do about the future. Now, we put a pause on the forward campaign because we were recently, several months ago, notified by our contractor that the initial report from the state inspectors, which told us, we could only renovate the youth building portion of that building. The first floor was the only portion we could renovate. Subsequently, after that report, the state inspectors came, actually our contractor came back to us, Dwell, Dwell Construction, came back to us and said to our leadership, to our trustees, you can actually refile and resubmit we have reason to believe the state would approve the second and third floor of that building, meaning this, that not only would we be able to renovate the 22,000, 21,000 square feet for youth, but if they would approve the plans, we could re renovate 23,000 square feet for our K through five-year-old kids, which means all of our generations, K through 12th grade, would be in one massive building. And the preschool would then be able to utilize both wings in the back, meaning that all infants and toddlers would still be in this main sanctuary with mom and dad, and that our K through 5 would be able to have their own wing in the new building, and Firebrand would have its own wing in the youth building as well. I felt like that was a miracle because what it meant is that what would have been next is actually able to happen now. The only thing we would have to do is expand the forward campaign to encapsulate not only the building, of, building out of the youth building, but now the increase of the second and third floor of the, we're going to call it the generations building. How many are excited about that? This endeavor could save the church as much as 60%. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you right now, we do not have hard numbers. But an estimation of, of, of uh, how much this would cost our church additionally is a little over $2 million. Now, you say, Pastor, that's a lot more money. To build a sanctuary or a children's building with 23,000 square feet could cost $7 million if we built it from the ground up. In, new, in, in today's building, how many know that numbers are astronomical as it regards building new buildings? Renovating is a tremendous way to go if you have the space. And how many can thank, help me thank God that we have the space? Right, we have the space. So here's what I want to let you know. All that to say this and we're moving on. This is important because how many know kids are a big deal to this house? 
in January. Everybody say January. January. In January of this year, we are going to be relaunching the forward campaign for both projects. It will be combined into one, and all of the monies that we continue to receive will go toward the forward campaign and the renovation of the Generations Building. That means we will have, listen to this, almost 50,000 square feet of space dedicated to the kids and the young people of our church. Come on, somebody. And the students of our, of our house. And when you have the kind of heart that our youth pastor and our children's pastor have, we already see ways that we're going to make an inroad into the community and make a difference in the lives of these students who are on our property here. These schools that are on our property here with after-school tutoring, listen, I just want it to be an oasis of hope and life for people in that generation who want a place to go. Amen? So this is coming in January. You're not going to hear anything about forward until January. Why would we wait till January? Because we believe God said to wait till January, number one. And we understand that this season that we're in right now is a, is a demanding season, right? There's a lot going on. We want to be in the right timing. And come January, our church will be ready to focus on the forward campaign and the initiatives that God has put in our heart regarding the, the expansion of this new building for both K through 5, kindergarten through 5th grade, and our youth. And then subsequently, our toddlers and our infants will have doubled their space in this building. And I give God glory for it. One more time, help me praise God for that. Slide 10, expansion. So Jesus gets ready to leave planet Earth, and he looks at the disciples in Acts 1. He said, you are going to receive the Holy Spirit. And when you do, you're going to be witnesses of me in Judea, Samaria, Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, right? We call it the concentric circles of influence. Judea, Samaria, Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. Now, this campus will always be our Jerusalem. How many believe that? The direction of God and the entire shift of our life was to follow God to this place as we felt like God was leading us here. But this isn't the end of the places and the cities we will touch with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is not the end of the places and cities we will touch with the, out, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If I could be a bit vulnerable and transparent, when we announced in Ottawa that we were coming downtown, there were a lot of people who did not like that decision. In fact, I lost some people. I lost some people dear to me. I had one man come up to me and said, I just don't understand why you would go down to the city. I didn't come down to the city because I thought it was a neat idea. I came down to the city because when I was 17 years old, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was walking through a thick jungle, a dark jungle, and I had a sword in my hand, and I started cutting away in the jungle. And I turned around, and my mom and dad were with me. And I thought, oh, hey, mom and dad. And I kept on swinging the sword, and the, it was actually like a machete. It wasn't a sword. It was like a machete. And I kept on swinging the machete, and I'd carve some more space out. And I looked back, and some other people were following. I was 17. And I kept cutting and I kept cutting. I kept saying, what am I doing? And God kept saying, cut away. I kept looking back. And every time I looked back, there were more and more people. 
finally I kept looking back and there was a line of people that I couldn't, I'm sorry y'all. There was a line of people I couldn't number. And all of a sudden in this dream, I don't know why I'm like this, I apologize. A snake falls down out of the dream. It snares, stares at me in the eyes. And I've told this before, but it is so real to me that this day I can still see it. And it got so close to my face and it hissed in my face and I felt it hiss and I was petrified in fear until I remember I had a sword. And I reached back and took that machete out and I cut the head of that serpent off. And when the head of that snake hit the ground, it rained so fast in that dream that the water piled up over my head. And I woke up praying in the spirit and I was literally seized by the power of God. I laid in my bed for hours praying in the spirit. And when I came to, I asked God, what was that dream? And the Lord said to me, you'll pastor a church in inner city Chattanooga and you'll cut the jungle down and the rain is coming. You're going to cut the head of the serpent off and the rain's coming. And when I married Devin, I said, are you willing to go to Chattanooga? Because if you're not willing to leave Athens, Tennessee, I can't marry you because I know I'm going to Chattanooga. It's a true story, right? She thought this was like New York. It's a true story. It's unbelievable. I'll never forget driving down here. She was calling her friends, pray the crime rate is so high in Chattanooga. So I want you to know something. If, if, you, if you're here, we're not just here because we chose this. God chose this, y'all. And I'm just trying to follow him. But this is our Jerusalem. It is not the last stop. Because beyond Jerusalem is Judea and Samaria and uttermost parts of the earth. Do you know that while we're having church in here today, over in Bulgaria, Pastor Emil and Sneji are having church in Redemption to the Nations, Bulgaria right now. <laughs> Hundreds of them are meeting right now. In Uruguay right now while we're having church, Pastor Marcelo and Daniela are leading a congregation under a tent in a driveway while they're building their new building. We're getting ready to help them build a new building. You'll be hearing more about that too. We're going to raise $200,000 for our church in Uruguay. You say, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. Let me tell you, you're sitting in a debt-free building because we built buildings before we paid for our own. That's how the kingdom works. So I, somebody asked me, how are we going to get $200,000 to build a church in Uruguay? You and I are going to do what we can do, and we're going to watch God do the rest. Say amen, somebody. And let me tell you, when God does it in Uruguay, he don't go do it in a corner. We bought the biggest piece of property on the main highway in Uruguay, the whole nation, right there in Uruguay. We're getting ready to build a church like they've never seen in the middle of Uruguay. Somebody help me praise the Lord. And I don't say that in some grandiose way. I'm just telling you, it's amazing when God does it what God does. So I want to say this, that as we embrace our Jerusalem, we also understand God is taking us beyond our Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. 
There are two encounters that we've had with God that lead me to believe something is happening in two locations for our future. One, I don't have a lot of details on yet. I just know the place. And I want you to know that in an encounter I had with God at youth camp this summer, God made it very clear to me that in the coming weeks, months, I don't know, maybe year, that there would be an opportunity for us to do something of some sort of ministry. It may look, it may look like something we've never done before. It may not look like a big church. It may have a different kind of feeling altogether. But in the city of Dalton, Georgia, the Lord is doing something powerful. And there are people in Dalton that are moving in the power of God that we are in fellowship with, that we love and we honor the God that is working in them. So this is going to be done in honor and it's going to be done to advance the kingdom. I have no desire to run to a city and just do our thing for the glory of God. We want to partner with what the kingdom is already doing and I don't know how all that's going to work out but I'm telling you God's going to give us a strategy and a download for that city and it's going to honor God, honor the leadership there and advance the kingdom in that city and I will keep you apprised on what God is saying and doing and opening in Dalton. So how many will join me in prayer about Dalton, Georgia? Now you say, Pastor, why would we do that? Well, spiritually in an act of obedience to God because I believe God said to me the hinges on the door were oiled and the door would open. But practically, we have number of families that drive to this campus every single week who could help us um, um, take care of whatever God is calling us to take care of in Dalton. So I don't know when and I don't know where. I just don't want anybody to leave here because they're mad we're going to expand in Dalton. You would think expansion would make us happy. Some people feel like, you're taking something away. We're expanding the kingdom of Jesus. That's what this is about. You've got to think apostolically with me. You've got to think bigger than just a building. You've got to think the kingdom of God. How many can think that way today? The second place. So let me, let me digress. So all I'm going to ask you to do about Dalton today is pray. Okay, just pray. The second thing is a bit more tangible. This is a, this is, this is a big deal. Okay, how many love LeBron Arnwine? Where's he at? Come on, we're going to wrap this up. I'm done. I want him to come and play, but I also want you to know he's the chief musician of this house. He's the ASAF. He's the ASAF of RTTN. And I passed, I passed LeBron in the hall six months ago, seven months ago. And I don't even know why I said it. Before the Lord, I don't even really know why I would have said it. I just said it. I looked at LeBron and I said, Bron, if your mom and dad ever feel like God is transitioning them out of Athens, Tennessee and the church they pastored there, if they ever feel a shift coming in their ministry and in their spirit before they do anything else with the campus and the church, I want, you to let, I want them to let me know. And that's all I said, just that quick, just passing in the hall. This is seven months ago. I, I thought nothing else about it. We just said, if you ever think about doing anything in Athens, let us know. 
And about four or five weeks ago, six weeks ago, when in, when, where are Dante and Chelsea? They here still? Yeah? Where y'all at? Stand up, newlyweds. Come on, stand up. So it was at their wedding, by the divine providence of God, we had been, they sent me a message on Instagram and said, we'd like to talk to y'all. Well, they went on vacation. We were out of town. We couldn't get sunk, synced up. So we sat by each other at the wedding. I'm glad y'all got married. That night, they shared their heart with us about feeling transition and the grace lifting on their life in the city of Athens. And they have been there as pioneers for 22 years in the trenches, planning a wonderful church, right? And that night, she said, the grace is lifting. And she said, but Pastor Kevin, we felt like God... We had been praying for God to show us what the strategy was going forward. And when LeBron shared that with us months ago, we said, could this be it, God? And we felt the green light from God to reach out to y'all. And we just wanted to see if you would pray about God working this out somehow for us to give this campus in Athens, Tennessee to this house and you taking our people, whoever stays, and being a part of making it a redemption to the nation's Athens campus in Athens, Tennessee, and taking that city for the glory of God. Some of you don't know this, but we were in Athens for two years as associates. Devin was in Athens all of her life. When we left, it was a sort of a painful experience. I'm not going into all that today. But the reality of it is, that Saturday night at that wedding, we had that conversation for over two hours. The next day, I preached here on Sunday. I went up to Athens, and Devin and I met with Pastor Angela and Alvin Arnwine, who have led that great congregation for 22 years. We toured the facility. I remembered preaching there almost 20 years ago when I was a 19-year-old boy, and that church was almost, I mean, maybe that was 20 then, 21. Church was brand new, full of the Holy Spirit. The power of God was moving. And we sat down and talked, and she looked at Devin and I, and she said, I believe you have unfinished business in the city of Athens, Tennessee. And we felt the witness of the Spirit on it. So I asked Angela and Alvin Arnwine, Pastor Angela and Alvin Arnwine, to join us today. Their son, Austin, and his beautiful bride are with us as well. I want them to come share whatever is on their heart. We're going to pray, and today I've come to announce that we are launching Redemption to the Nations, Athens, Tennessee. And this is very important so that you know how this is going to happen. I, Devin and I can't be in two places at once. But we have some powerful sons and daughters, some powerful men and women of God in this church that are great leaders. And I felt in prayer, the Spirit of God tell me that Pastor Chris Ryan would be moving to Athens to be the campus pastor of Athens, Tennessee. Come here, you and Amy, come on. Because that creates 
a need for greater leadership here in our children's department, I am happy today to tell you that Pastor Mariah Stanley will be assuming the role of head children's pastor on this campus. Where are you at, girlfriend? She's in the back. She's in the back taking care of kids, which is what she loves doing. So the beautiful thing is, we already have the leaders in place to make this happen. We already have a campus in place. And here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Everybody pull out your phone right now. If, if you are interested in helping us be a part of the launch team in Athens, Tennessee. Some of you are too far from there. You don't wanna be a part of that, I get it. But if you're closer to Athens or you have a heart to be involved in a church launch and you're like, I'm ready to get busy. I wanna be a part of helping Pastor Chris and Amy and the entire team there. We got a lot of work to get done because our intention will be to have church on Sunday night in the month of October, November, November. Starting the first Sunday night in November for the whole month of November, we're going to have revival night services in Athens, Tennessee. Out of that revival night service schedule, we're going to see who's with us. And at the end of it, we're going to plant a church out of it. And it's going to be Redemption to the Nations, Athens, and we're excited about the leadership of Pastor Chris and Amy who are going to lead that for this house. And I want to say that this house walks in an extremely high level of honor for this man and woman of God who are about to walk up on this stage. They have been pioneers in the Athens area, building a great church there. They feel a shift in their life in ministry opportunity. And we felt like they were passing the baton off to redemption to the nations. I want them to come. Would you help me welcome Pastor Angela and Pastor Alvin Arnwine? Come on, help me welcome them. Love you, sweet lady. Pastor, I love you, sir. Love you too, brother. Bless you. Pastor, share whatever you guys may want to share from your heart. Praise God, RTTN. Ain't God a good God? Amen, amen. We thank you for having us down this morning, and it's a pleasure, an honor, and a privilege to be here with you this morning as we do pass the baton on to Pastor Kevin and Pastor Devin. You know, God brings you to a place. You think it's going to be forever, but sometimes God's plan is not always our plan, amen? There's a shifting going on, amen, with Pastor and myself, and uh, we just thank God for this time that he has kept us in Athens, but we do believe now that it's time that our ministry goes to another level. And we're so happy that Pastor Kevin and David, they were standing here and they said they, their hand is back. They're ready for the baton, amen. So we're going to pass it on to them. Y'all pray for us, amen, as we go forward in the ministry of God, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God never ceases to amaze me. Amen. And you know, as they were praying and seeking the Lord, amen, we were about six months ago. And whenever I got that call, I thought, Lord, I said, what are you doing? We've been feeling a shifting. We've been praying about what God is about to do. Amen. And praise God. One thing about it is when, when you are assigned to a, a city, 
you're assigned to a church. The church doesn't belong to me. I am honored that God allowed me to be an under-shepherd. Hallelujah. Amen. For 22 years, amen, we toiled, we prayed, amen, we bound, we loose, amen. We saw <laughs> miracles, signs, and wonders, amen. And thank God, God said, amen, one will plant, amen, another will water, but God said, I'll bring the increase, amen. It's all about Him, and we give Him amen. glory. We give Him glory. Amen. But God, I, God knew my heart. I said, I said, God, I said, there's one thing, amen, if I turn this over, God, I said, it's got to be a real, a real man or woman of God, amen. Because, you know, I've been in ministry for a long time. This is 30 years for me this year, amen. Praise God is that, you know, um, you run around, around a lot of people, amen, that's not real with God, you know. And so my heart goes out. I said, I don't want to turn it over, amen, just to anybody, amen. But I've known Pastor Kevin, amen, since he was a teenager, amen. And he has been the same ever since, amen. Hallelujah. Always on fire. I remember the first time I heard him, in a, it was in an audience. I said, who is that? I was listening. Amen. He was tall. He was young. But he was just so on fire. Bless God. I thought, who is that? Amen. And I followed his ministry, amen, throughout the years. And just so uh, so thankful what God is doing within him. And then I met his lovely wife not shortly after that. Amen. And praise God. Who would have thought, amen, so much dynamite would be in a small package. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't, you all know how blessed you are, amen, to have such great leaders. So it gives me great pleasure, and I know God was in it. God was all in this. I could not have orchestrated it at all, amen. But God did it, amen. He brought us together in unity, and it's running smoothly. Hallelujah. So we're excited what God is about to do in Athens. God is about to blow up Athens. Hallelujah, amen. So every devil take notice. The devil's got to get out of town. Hallelujah. I want, I want the elders to come join me on stage, Devin and I and uh, Pastor Alvin and Pastor Angela. I want the church to pray um, for this entire transition. Pastor Chris and Amy, you come stand with us. How many will pray and release the blessing of God over this house right now? I said, how many will pray and release your blessing over this transition and this opportunity right now? Holy Spirit, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Y'all come stand with us. Come stand with us. Yeah, I want you to stand up here with us. Pastor, come get here right beside your wifey. Devin, come over here by me, baby. Let's see. Oh, I wish Sam Brassfield was here to pray right now. Someone stretch your hand. Everyone can. Stretch your hands toward us right now. Yeah. Just keep praying for a minute. I felt like that was supposed to happen. He... Jesus. 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 Just pray for a minute. Come on. Holy Spirit. Father, I pray right now for this entire moment. Bathe it in grace and glory. Bathe it in provision and power. Soak it and saturate it in the anointing of the Holy Ghost that breaks every yoke. 
I need you today, God. Devin needs you today, God. Pastor Alvin and Pastor Angela need you today, God. We're asking for your help and grace right now, Holy Spirit. Lord, you've called this house to a season of expansion, and I pray you'll give us downloads and strategies so that as we follow the cloud of glory, the swell of God's goodness and favor would overcome every power and principality like a wave of glory. We pray that you will crash in on Athens. Lord, send awakening and revival to that city. We pray the power of the Holy Ghost go before us, that the glory of the Lord would be upon this house. I pray over this transition that every spirit that has risen its head to oppose would be broken off and defeated in the name of Jesus. Loose and let it go. Break and bind. We tear down and cast out. And we thank you, Father God, for the increase of kingdom power coming to that city. Not because we are coming, but because the kingdom of God is coming. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Stretch your hands this way and let's just pray for the Arnwine family in this transition. I just feel like we just need to bless them for this next season of their life. I bless them. And I'm not trying to be crazy, Pastor Arnwine, but you're wearing a yellow suit today. And the Lord told me to tell you, you are the yellow butterfly. No one in this room is going to understand that but you. And I declare today it breaks forth. What was already in you, it now breaks forth. The Lord said he's put word to the nations in your belly. And you are shifting from a pastoral grace to the grace of a prophetess to the nations. Prophetess to the nations. Jesus. Let it break forth. Jesus. Jesus. Increase, 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 not decrease, increase, not less, more, more of God, more of his glory, more of Jesus' presence, more of his anointing, more open doors, more. We bless them. We bless them. God over Chris and Amy. I thank you for these mighty, mighty people of God. He's been ready and waiting. Whatever you wanted him to do, he said yes to it. You already told him and you already told her, God, this was coming. This is not a surprise. And they're ready for it. And I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that the anointing they need to do what you've called them to do is coming on them today. It will not hasten. It will be now. It'll be upon the boys, it'll be upon the baby, it'll be upon the house, the glory of the Lord. Jesus, 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 the anointing of God, the anointing of God, the anointing of God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of, there he is. Thank you, Lord. Fill him up. Fill him up. Glory. 
Listen. I want you to share that revelation God gave you, babe. I was hoping he would. I did this with RSM several weeks ago, and the Lord um, brought this back to my memory early this morning. We began to prepare for the school year by talking Jesus. about the word metron. How many remembers when Kevin preached on that? That God gives a metron a realm of influence to all of us. Actually, that word is used in giving. It's used in revelation. You want to receive a lot. you got to increase your metron on how you sow. But it's a measuring device. It's a tape measure. It's a measuring cup. And what the word tells us through the Pauline epistles is that not only will God increase your metron, but for the same measurement of the metron he increases, he also pours out grace. Grace is the ability to do what you can't do on your own. Whether it's break free from sin or pastor a church or if God anointed you to be a children's pastor and he gave you grace for it, you might not could do it before, but you would be able to once the grace came upon you. And so what the Lord said to do today, and, and Pastor and Bishop, Apostle, Prophet Sam is going to pray, there's a grace coming on this house for an, a season of increased metron. I prophesy that over every leader, every member, every child. God would not increase territory if he didn't also increase grace. And what may seem impossible is about to be easy because it's God's will. Who can believe that today? So we're going to pray for a grace to be released over our house. I uh, thank you, JR, for doing this. This is our spiritual father. Pop Brassfield, he's in Houston. He couldn't be here today, but I want him to pray this final prayer over this house and over our lives for this increase, this expansion, and the grace we need to make this transition. How many are ready to receive this? I know this is crazy, but how many thank God for technology? Amen. Pop, just obey God, sir. Hello. Go ahead. September 29, Lord, my birthday, the eve begins. Lord, 5780. Lord, new beginnings, the grace of God, great grace, five, great grace is coming upon the body of Christ. Seven, oh Lord, there's going to be the sounding of seven trumpets, silver trumpets. Lord, seven priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant and marching around the walls of Jericho for 6,000 years, six days, they marched in silence. And, oh God, he said, but on the seventh day, I want you to march seven times. And when you hear the sound of the seven trumpets, silver trumpets, the righteousness, and I want you to shout for the walls that have kept in separation between the ethnic groups, they call it races, the divide, the great divide in America. God says when you hear the sound, O oh Lord, and 8-0 is the year that Moses was 80 years old, and he said, and his brother 83 came to Pharaoh's court, and they decreed and declared, let my people go. There's an exodus coming out. No more boundaries. No more bondage. 
stripping, Lord, of the Egypt, stripping, O Lord, of those years, O God, of slavery that has been, O God, over the nations and this nation. I'm going to heal the great divide, says the Lord God Almighty. I'm coming this year, 8-0 represents the mouth. It represents the mouth. God says, my people now that have been silent for all of these years are going to sound the word of the Lord, the prophetic word of the Lord. I'm going to increase the sound of the voice of the Lord. As I said in Hebrews, hear my voice. Once again, I'm going to shake the nations. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. I'm coming to clean the house. I'm purging the priesthood. I'm, I'm causing the spirit of the Lord, the glory of God to come and shake the precious nations of the earth. And out of there will come a harvest that no one can number, says the Lord. I'm enlarging your territory this day, says God, and I'm going to show you my power, says the Lord, as Moses stood before Pharaoh and decreed and declared an exodus of coming out of the world system today. The true church that I said I would build, and they're coming out of the system, and will lead the nations in high praises of the Most High God. For the end time gathering is upon you today. Expect the glory of God. Hallelujah. He's just going off and it ain't working, but he's praying. We receive this word, God. Everything he's saying, we receive it, Lord. Pop. He's gone. <laughs> Lift your hands and let's receive this word today. God, it's a year of grace. It's a year of shouting and seven trumpets being blown and victory coming to the people of God. We thank you, Father. It's a year of exodus. God's people are coming out. And we praise you that you are purging the priesthood, Lord, and you are touching hearts and lives. And those who repent, God, you're restoring. And I'm asking you right now, Father God, to let the power of the Holy Ghost be upon everything this house continues to follow you into. Bless this place. Bless these people. And as Devin said today, I thank you for extending grace over every one of the people who are a part of this church family as we make this decision and move forward. You're expanding, Lord God, our grace in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise all over this building. Let's go. Tell them we couldn't hear it all. I love you. Go in the peace of the Lord. May the Lord add his blessing to all that was shared today. And we look forward to all that God is going to do. Be blessed in Jesus' name as you leave.